welcome to Best Fit Careers with your host Saurabh Nanda, your podcast for all the information that you need to solve your career and education queries. Very often than not, we lament not choosing something that we were really passionate about, something that we could do without sleeping for 12 hours at a stretch, without getting tired. Something that was so interesting that we wanted to change the world with that thing. And once we get into our respective career paths, whether in school, college or later on, we kind of feel, oh, I should have done that. But well, it's okay. Somebody else will take it up. Today, on the Best Fit Careers podcast, I've invited Zach Sangeet. He's probably India's youngest historian. He's a 10-year-old student from Bangalore who is going to be publishing a book called Three Points World History. And this book is not only going to be published, but it is being published by one of the biggest publishers based out of London. Zach is a highly curious child who ultimately found out that history can be fascinating, but it was too boring to read through all the big fat books which exist. So he decided to make history more readable. What he does is he takes any chapter from history, uh, be it about a king or a philosopher or a kingdom or a, or a plague or uh, a fight or, or a battle, and he converts it into three points. He starts off with a small introduction, then talks about that particular chapter of history in three points, telling you exactly what you need to know about it, and then concludes with a small paragraph as well. Zach has written hundreds of such essays. And the compilation, the first compilation of his essays is going to be published very soon next year. Zach is an SN mentoring young futurist. A young futurist is somebody who is changing the way we see the world. And Zach, who wants to be a history professor, is changing how we might be studying history in the future. So let me bring Zach on. Hey, Zach, how are you? I'm fine, and you? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. You have such wonderful clothes on. You already look like a professor. <laughs> Thank you very much. Did you choose this uh, outfit for yourself for this interview? Yes, definitely. Oh, I wow. love wearing a coat. Aha, uh-huh. and Bobby's how style. did you... <laughs> when did you start loving uh, wearing blazers and coats like this? <laughs> Since the time when I watch series, you see these professors come in with a coat. Oh, wow. Okay. I hope uh, the heat in southern India is not bothering you with the, with the, with the coat. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. I put the fan at five. Okay. So, um, but any which way, you look amazing. And uh, thank you so much for, uh, you know, showing up in this in such a sincere manner. You're all thank dressed you up for this, yes. for this wonderful interview. Uh, let's begin by uh, a small introduction about you. So, Zach, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, my name is Zach, Zach Sangeet. I'm 10 years old. And in my fourth grade, I study at Head Start Educational Academy. I love history. And uh, 
as a hobby i like playing football and playing with my friends yes very nice how did you get interested in history so that's a nice story i got interested in history when my parents came back from a trip to paris and my mother was showing me some pictures of her trip when she went past the mona lisa in the louvre museum and at that point of time i didn't know what the mona lisa was and i asked her what's this painting behind you and she's like oh you don't know that that's the most famous painting in the world and she told me a bit about da vinci and a bit about the painting and uh, i slowly began developing an interest in that i began watching uh, i began researching on it and um, every day i used to tell my parents a small story from what i had learned and when my dad learned about my interest in the mona lisa he showed me an episode in a uh, in a series called museum secrets the episode was on louvre museum and i watched that episode and slowly i began watching other museums and uh, that's when i developed my initial interest for history overall well, that's amazing so but before this before mona lisa you were not really interested in history huh before mona lisa i don't even think i knew what is history and before so before mona lisa before your love for history it was all football yeah it was all football my cousin at that point of time uh, was also a big football guy so i caught it from him so all that time that you devote to history now how much of that time is taken away from your time for football oh that um not a lot i've uh, set up a timetable for myself so from around 10 to uh, 4 it's all history and eating lunch and all those kind of activities after 4 i'm completely devoted to football so most of my day is taken up by history <laughs> i love the i lo- i love your sentence i'm completely devoted to football <laughs> like one should be right yeah, that's amazing yes. <laughs> so in this timetable you finally found some time to write a book zack please tell us about the book that you have written oh so um i'll i'll tell you a bit about how i managed to write the book amidst this thing so uh, it actually started up as a homework assignment mainly so my teachers were complaining that my handwriting my motor skills were bad and um, so at that time i had developed an interest in history i decided that i would um that i would write essays daily on history and it began like that i wrote um maybe one essay in 3 days i would devote one day to researching and two days to writing and um when i began writing these essays together reading these essays together i noticed it would form a book and that various topics could be grouped together to make chapters 
and that is around the same time when covid struck and online classes began i only had say 3 hours of class and i decided the rest of the time i would devote it to writing this book how many books have you read and that how did you know that something like this can become a book at that time i hadn't read many history books i was uh, reading mainly for research i when you read it together you notice that it can make a pattern and when it makes that pattern you notice that it can come out a book like so many others on the shelf well that's amazing now why do you think uh, you know another history book will be interesting like there are already so many history books over there such big fat ones quite scary ones to be honest i think i have a couple over there on my shelf as well sure. why do you think your history book will also make a difference so that's a very good question it's because history is long winded and verbose and boring and tough to read that's why people would mainly like uh, prefer science over history because while history is so indefinite science is definite if if i were to prove gravity i can just drop a ball and that proves that i'm right while at the same time history is written by victors so it's not that easy to prove it and because it's not easy to prove it it normally becomes too long-winded and uh, boring and in this time of micro messaging on instagram and twitter people at my age would prefer something short to learn history and that's why i've uh, come up with this uh, with a three point solution which makes history as easy as reading a twitter or instagram message and makes history fun also for these for these people at my age who would maybe become who need to learn history can make a change that is so intriguing now you have to tell us how is your history or your version of writing history similar to twitter and instagram what is the formula that you use so i use something called a three points formula so that formula took a bit of time to evolve to its uh, best form at this point like i told you when my teachers were complaining about my motor skills and i was writing those essays i figured out that it could be that these essays could be divided into three parts that is uh, the situation the complication and the solution and before this i'll put a introduction to the topic also and so i started out my journey i was writing mainly on uh, emperors empires kings which is uh, all what you would know about when you begin off and slowly when i began finding other topics like say philosophers thinker philosophers and thinkers inventions and inventors i learned that this situation complication solution format was not working that is when i began researching a lot on these new topics and i f- learned a new uh, a new format was coming in and that was the past the present and the future so i'll uh, 
maybe you've not understood that so i'll give you an example of uh, what i mean by that i'll give you an example with one of my most uh, i think the most important philosophers in history who is uh, gorg hegel is a german philosopher so past is how what was the belief before hegel it was believed that the age the people were living in was the best age the present is that during hegel's time what was the change he made so hegel um changed that and said that maybe the modern age is a good age but you can take good things from the past and make the modern age better so one example of that is uh right now we are very individual we're always having our noses 2 inches away from the screen but at the same time in ancient greece you can learn how to live in communities so uh you can make the modern age better and then the future which is the third point is his uh, influence or impact on other people one example for that is uh, me myself who is uh, who thinks that's a very important philosophy and wants to change the future by using this uh, the same philosophy using this philosophy as a basis wow wow that was that was a big history lesson actually um yes. would you like to do one more would, <laughs> do you want to read a chapter from your book oh yes definitely so um i've picked justinian's plague today which i think has Justinian's a important plague. lesson for us oh my this okay so justinian's plague was a pandemic that swept across the world especially affecting constantinople starting 541 ad the capital of the byzantine empire during the reign of emperor justinian the 1st during the time of justinian the byzantine empire was at its peak having conquered large parts of north africa and the italian peninsula first point justinian's plague was a bubonic plague caused by yersinia pestis a bacterium and transmitted by the bite of an infected flea or rodent it is claimed to have a to have originated in china and spread through land and sea trade routes to egypt the plague arrived through fleas and rats that traveled on the great grain ships sent to constantinople from alexandria second point the plague was so widespread that even justinian was struck by the disease though he managed to recover wars and trade facilitated the spread of the disease on a daily basis 5000 sometimes even 10000 people died in constantinople since medical help was not available people resorted to home remedies like cold water baths and black magic eventually people started containing the spread through quarantining justin a uh, third point Justinian's plague lasted only about 4 months in Constantinople but persisted for almost 300 years with the last outbreak reported in 750 AD During the epidemic almost 40% of the population of Constantinople disappeared 
resulting weakening in the, uh, of the social structure, economy, and administrative capabilities, and eventually the weakening of the empire. Agriculture and trade were de- devastated, resulting in the widespread of famine and deaths. Military also, militarily also, the empire was weakened, resulting in northern Italy being conquered by the Lombards in 568 AD. So uh, that is a page from my book. Wow. You said there was a lesson to be learned from this. I think I understood the lesson, but would you like to tell us uh, all, all the people who are listening to this also? Yes. So I think the lesson we have to learn from this very page in history is that right now we're going through the COVID times. So it's uh, very important to see how it's these plagues previously in history that has uh, improved our uh, containing of the spread of COVID right now. And I'll give you a couple of examples of that. Most of uh, the innovations we have made right now, like quarantining and uh, social distancing, actually started with the first uh, epidemics recorded in history, which are the Black Death and Justinian Plague epidemics. And during this period, things like uh, things like social distancing, quarantining were uh, invented. And even the mask we use right now is just an evolved version of the mask they used during those periods. So I'll give you an example. During those periods, they used something called bird masks. So they were masks with a beak on them. And uh, what happened is that inside that beak, like our modern filters in the mask, they put things like garlic and herbs, which they believe would keep the uh, disease away. So that proves that whatever precautions we use now actually evolved from what was there hundreds of years back. And another thing I wanted to say is that there might always be a positive thing in the darkest times like now. And I think a good example of that would be the Dark Ages in Europe. So during the Dark Ages in Europe, uh, people believed that religion was the most important thing. Because of this, they did not give importance to things like uh, astronomy, mathematics, science. And so uh, it caused a Dark Age where there was no developments in this. The Europeans always looked through a narrow lens. And this narrow lens showed that the entire world was having the same dark age they were having. But it might be a little different from that. There were actually golden ages around the entire world while Europe was going through the dark age. One example for uh, such a golden age, and this is exactly the same time as Europe is going through the dark age, is the uh, Islamic golden age. So the Islamic Golden Age uh, is a time when many great developments were made. Uh, Many great uh, astronomers, thinkers, uh, philosophers uh, began emerging, like Al-Khwarizami, Al-Farabi, and Omar Khayyam, 
who are the basis of modern astronomy. At the same time, in South India, the Chola Empire was ruling, which caused the South Indian Golden Age, where culture flourished, great art was made, and uh, temples were built. At the same time, back in China, there was a, a Chinese Golden Age under Tang and Song empires, which um, under it many great innovations were made, like the printing press and the woodblock printing, and uh, of course gunpowder, which was very important. And so this shows that even during the darkest times, like the Dark Ages in Europe, there could always be some positive things, like all the golden ages. That's the same for our now COVID crisis. Now, Zag, I mean, you've been uh, doing such uh, amazing, wonderful research. Now, uh, during your research journey, you might have found something which really surprised you. Can you give us an example of that? So, one thing that really surprised me is this uh, long thread I found in history, in fact. And that is the Silk Route. The Silk Route is a large trade route which was found in China. And uh, we believe that the Silk Route was founded in 130 BC by, uh, by the Han Emperor. And uh, he wanted to make some alliances with the Middle East. And so he sent his ambassador to the Middle East. His ambassador returned, saying that there was not only great alliances, but also brilliant trades. And they say that is when this Han Emperor formed the Silk Route. But it might actually be slightly different from that. Even before this Han Emperor in 130 BC, there was already an existing trade route called the Persian Royal Route in 550 BC. This route was established by uh, Darius the Great, who was a Persian Achaemenid Empire emperor. And, it, and so that's where uh, the origins of the Silk Route might be. And the Han Emperor might have just connected it to this great uh, Persian royal route. And even before this, Han em- uh, this uh, Darius the Great, There was a a Syrian empire in 900 BC, which had actually established a small trade route even before that, which Darius just uh, expanded. So uh, another funny thing is that Alexander the Great uh, used the the Persian royal route to block the Achaemenid empire in his conquest of Persia and also used it as a strategic route for his conquest. So you see how you can connect Han Dynasty China in 130 BC to, uh, to Alexander the Great in 350 BC to uh, Achaemenid Empire in 550 BC to the Assyrian Empire in 900 BC. The funny thing is that... It, so it is all the mean, same road. It is all the same road. And that means all of these cultures in different times, in different places, can be connected. And it doesn't even end there. Uh, The fall of Constantinople in 1453 AD uh, also happened because of this uh, Silk Route. And you might be wondering why. 
the simple reason is that gunpowder was invented almost the same time during that period and um, and it was gunpowder is what the ottoman empire used to blast the walls of constantinople and uh, conquer it and then it can again be connected to um, the the age of discovery where uh, where people like vasco da gama began tripping uh, began making trips to find other trade routes so till that time they thought that you had to cross constantinople to reach india and china for trades but uh, since the ottomans blocked it people like vasco da gama began taking big journeys to find other routes and uh, because of this uh, vasco da gama finding this route this also led to the british uh, the british conquest of india who used the same route to come and uh, and another connection you can use to connect that is the battle of panipat between ibrahim lodi and babar in that what happens is that ibrahim lodi of the delhi sultanate is one of the strongest emperors during the period and it would have almost been impossible for babar who was a small chieftain at that point of time to defeat ibrahim lodi but he defeated lodi for one reason and that is because again he used gunpowder which lodi didn't have and this also led to the establishment of the mughal empire in india so you see how it's connected you can connect british conquest of india to age of discovery to battle of panipat to fall of constantinople to uh, to han dynasty china to the uh, per- to the persian empire to the assyrian empire so that's a that's something i was really fascinated about when i was doing my research mm-hmm. it is it is truly fascinating i mean it's the same road which multiple people used over years to do similar things if if not if not more um yes so zack uh, which are your two favorite kings or just compare any two kings that you've researched about so i think two kings which is very important to uh, compare would be alexander the great and ashoka the great who though lived in two different periods in two different places might have actually had a lot of similarities so i'll give uh, give you a couple of similarities one is that alexander the great had uh, 2 million square miles while ashoka the great again had a uh, 1.92 million square miles uh once both the empire emperors died both their uh, empires disintegrated and went and both the emperors spread values so alexander the great spread hellenism uh, hellenism is the greek cultures and greek values which now form the basis of all of european values and even give us some stuff like uh, democracy which india follows now while ashoka the great spread buddhism and he spread it to many great uh, he spread it all over the world and also caused a golden age for buddhism at that point of time 
So now let's see the dissimilarities which both of them have. Uh, one dissimilarity is that uh, Alexander the Great uh, uh, started with a small kingdom which his dad made in Macedonia. It was a small kingdom and then Alexander is the one who uh, began expanding it all over the world. At the same time, Ashoka inherited most of his empire from Chandragupta Maurya, from his father Bindusara and his grandfather Chandragupta Maurya. So that is one dissimilarity. Another dissimilarity is that both weren't uh, recorded well. While um, that is for, for a reason, and that is because Alexander the Great not only carried soldiers and uh, army men in his empire, but also brought along uh, historians and cartographers who recorded the events and the conquests happening in his empire. And uh, one such uh, one such historian was Ptolemy, who would later take on Egypt, which was one of the wealthiest nations during those periods. At the same time, Ashoka is not that well recorded. We only his existence was only proven properly in uh, 1915. And uh, at the same time, Ashoka's grandfather, Chandragupta Maurya, is recorded very well. And you might be thinking, why? That is again because one of uh, Alexander's generals, Seleucus, was in a Seleucus Nicator, was in an alliance with uh, Chandragupta Maurya. So that might be another reason for uh, for Chandragupta Maurya to be recorded well. So um, yeah, I think that's, that's amazing. A between both of them. And wow, you're such a big historian, man. I mean, I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you very much. You. Have you have you done uh, something related to uh, because I I think you love football uh, that's what you said uh, yes. do you know anything about uh, football history as well um yeah I think football is very important because football is not a science football is an art well if I try to uh, drop a ball to prove gravity in science it would work each time the same thing will work. But if I were to use the same um, strategy or formula to score a goal each time in football, it wouldn't work. So I think football is our mm. art, which is very important. Wow. Your parents, I know your parents, they, <laughs> they come from economics and management backgrounds. Why didn't you choose something like that? Why are you going for something so obscure like history? Don't you want to make good money in life? Yes, so I've thought about that. Um, let's you take thought an about that? <laughs> Why yeah, did you think about that, Zach? You have to tell us that also. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Um, let me compare it to, for example, science, okay? I think science is, uh, like I said before, science is very definite. You do formulas, you do uh, experiments, and that those experiments can prove something and that is definitely proven so you know for sure that that is there 
at the same time in history like napoleon said napoleon said that history is always written by the victors so uh, if history is always written by the victors it's tougher to prove it easily like science so i think science and history are two different ways of uh, two different methods of thinking and though i think i could get more job offers i could get i could make more money if i were to pick something like science i would go for history um one because it's a different way of thinking like i said and i like that different way of thinking and two while everyone else is going for science i would want to differentiate myself a little bit and so i would uh, go for history and you asked me why i was thinking about it yeah i was thinking about it same reason because uh, whoever gets a job around here will always be getting a job in engineering or something like that so i was thinking why am i going for history so i thought about it you just made my job so much easier because this is exactly the same kind of gyan and knowledge i keep uh, telling a lot of parents and students across the country and sometimes outside so <laughs> thank you so much for that answer it it, it is okay. the perfect answer thank you now zack uh, we're also reaching the end of the episode this is one of the longest episodes that i've recorded on uh, hmm. you know for for the sn mentoring podcast um yeah what next what are you going to do next after this book has been uh you've already written the book so tell us what are the next steps so i've been thinking about a lot of things uh one i've been uh writing some more essays i've been thinking about a second book and this second book is slightly different so in my first book i'm talking about uh to the point summary of everything that mattered you're trying to develop a better knowledge on what you already know this is a th- my second book is to the point summary of the not so obvious so things that played in the background things that you don't know about but are very important so that is um, another thing i'm focusing on then i'm focusing on another couple of stuff uh, i'm trying to figure out another way to make history more fun for people at my age again not make it boring not making it long winded and verbose and um, Since my friends are always interested in video games, I also tried something out for them. I've began coding games. I've I'm trying to make games. I'm very bad at it, but I'm trying. And um make some interesting games for them. And my friends are also helping out. We formed this organization called Box Builders who code games like this. Oh my god. Zack thank you so much for being here and enlightening us so with your wonderful work thank you for existing thank you so much and uh, <laughs> there you go if if you if you want to talk to zack or if you have any questions for him uh, do reach out to us and uh, you know so zack is right now a historian already a history professor as you can see um hopefully in the future he will also be a programmer for games and he will be <laughs> telling people what to do in life just not follow science so um see you next time thank you zack thank you for being here thank you for listening to the best fit careers podcast we would love to hear from you so please provide your comments feedback and questions to us through email or messages on our social media 
please subscribe to us and like our episodes if you found value in them and share them with others who may benefit from this information. Best Fit Careers has been designed to provide you the best information possible to solve your career queries. This podcast is the culmination of years of experience and thousands of hours of counseling, research and guidance sessions. Please find more amazing information at the SN Mentoring online publication. See you in the next episode. Happy careers to you.